Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. Welcome to Switched On Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. Songwriter Charlie Harding. J. Cole is one of the most successful rappers of his generation. Someone who's racked up hits while sustaining critical interest. Hmm. He positions himself as something of an elder statesman, someone who's co-founded a record label, Dreamville Records, whose roster includes Ari Lennox, Bass, and Earth Gang. He's established respected and already built a legacy for himself and Charlie that might be a problem what do you mean Cole's sixth studio album The Off Season finds a musician struggling to stave off complacency and to keep his skills sharp in a short documentary about the album Cole describes it as an attempt to push himself. Okay. It's a sentiment that's reflected in one of my favorite lines on the Timbaland-produced track, Amari. If you solo these vocals, listen close, and you can hear grumbling. <laughs> So let's just break that down for a second. Solo these vocals as in if you took that entire track and just listened to his vocal, you would hear grumbling. What's that about? That's someone who is is, is never satisfied right. with, with, with what he's creating. Yeah. And that kind of sense of like, I got to do better, mm-hmm. that permeates this whole album. Track after track finds the rapper pushing his technique to the breaking point through verbal dexterity and rhythmic Complexity. So I want to dig into a few of these tracks to discover how a rapper at the top of his game tries to stay in shape. Let's do it. Album six is a difficult one. You've already established yourself. How do you keep pushing the envelope? I'm curious. Let's start with a track whose title is a literal reference to putting in the work. It's called Punching the Clock. I, I told you when I first came here, I said I ain't come here to waste my time. Okay, so that's actually an audio clip, not of J. Cole, but of the basketball player Damian Lillard. Okay. And I love that because I think it captures the kind of competitive spirit okay. of this of this album, right? Right. Jekyll also plays basketball. So. He also plays basketball. Very good, Charles. And the album is literally called The Off Season. So it's like there's a lot of athletic references here. Mm-hmm. And so I, I hear it almost as a musical equivalent to like staying in shape. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you do that? One way is to unleash a virtuosic rhyme scheme, which is something he does 
as soon as the beat drops. Back on top, punching a clock, clutching sanity. I got more cribs than habitat for humanity. Shit profound, we propagating more profanity. Paid our collections for recollections of calamity. The shit pop off. Yeah, I've definitely never heard habitat for humanity and calamity <laughs> put together. All right, not bad. I mean, yeah, okay. You're, you're. I, I sense you're impressed, but not like blown away. Well, there are a bunch of end rhymes. You know, they're they're more complex end rhymes, and it's, there's a good narrative through. So I, I dig it, but. I'm I'm interested in seeing you know where do we even get some of those uh, interior rhymes and some more cross the bar kind of things. Wow, really coming down hard on the end rhymes here, Charlie. Uh, kind of taking some of the wind out of my sails. But I think what <laughs> is uh, remarkable about this particular track yeah. is the sheer amount of those rhymes. I yeah. mean. It goes on and on and on. I mean, we, we'd end up just listening to the whole track because he keeps going, right? Yeah. Uh, Christianity, reprimanded me, handed me, family, hand on me, branded me, insanity, understanding me, candidly, mm. planned to be. It's like, whoa, there's okay. every possible iteration of that particular end rhyme. Ran to the crib and played it off amongst the family. Nightmare scenes, the police finally apprehended me. Woke up screaming, seen a demon had his hand on me. Still swore to scar on my arm for way branded me. Like a oh no, okay, I'm, I'm much more convinced now. I, li- I like this. this is, I mean, yeah. this is like a, a track that's a little less than two minutes and I think pretty much every rhyme is some variation of that beginning quatrain. He's that flexing. We heard. Yeah, okay. He's flexing. Yeah. And it's interesting because there's not even a chorus in this song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have that little intro from Damian Lillard. We have this like CVS receipt length intonation of, <laughs> of calamity rhymes. Now that I'm rich, I feel nobody understanding me. All I can do is cut the mic on, holler at you. Can't let the fame scare me off for speaking candidly. All them niggas that so cane, they started singing like Danity. Now I'm left here paid like I plan to be damn. And then we have another clip from Damian Lillard. When you really put the time in and whether people see it or whether people know it or not, you know, it always come to light. And then one minute and 53 seconds, the song is over. So to extend your metaphor, it's kind of like his continuous rhyme scheme on the same idea is uh-huh. like standing at the three-point line and just like hitting shot after shot after shot. Yes, I, I like that. I like that. That that rings a bell from the last time I played basketball in 11th grade. That That definitely <laughs> rings true. And the fact that there isn't even a chorus to the song to me suggests that this isn't about like trying to generate billboard hits no, on this record. No. This is just about like how can I improve my flow? How can I challenge myself? How can I do something new? Interesting because I do feel like the the the, the beat that he's playing against is uh-huh. a little bit more old school. Yeah. Okay. Tell me more. It reminds me of like 90s MPC sample chopped kind of huh. laid back vibe. Catch a contact trigger in a paranoid mindset. Now I'm back. Teeter in between enlightened and insanity. Now that I'm rich. Yeah. With also a little bit of that New York boom bap perhaps in there. You're, lo- you're looking at me like that was a ridiculous thing to say. Okay. Less boom bap and more. If that That's too pit pit pat or something it's a little it's a it's a chill boom bap yeah yeah but i think even that might be in line with this project because there's something there's something about him that is projecting this kind of old school allegiance to the to the craft of of hip-hop i think yeah exactly it's kind of like i'm just gonna keep playing with your metaphor it's like bring it go 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 it's like wearing a jersey with a 23 on it (laughs) wow charlie this is 
probably the most we've ever talked about sports. That's all my sports knowledge. That's probably good. Uh, All right, let's go to another track because, you know, it's not just that Cole is pushing himself lyrically on this album. I think he's also pushing himself musically. The music, the the samples, the beats present challenges. (laughs) And one of the tracks where that comes through really clearly to me is on The Climb Back. Now, I like this track because, one, I think it highlights his skill as a producer. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's something kind of not unique about J. Cole, but certainly like a a part of his sound is that he's someone who who writes his own raps and he produces his own beats. He Mm. flips his own samples. Mm. And this is a a creative one. It's a a sample of a song that I'd never heard before. The 70s soul group Brief Encounter and their song, I'm So In Love With You. Love that descending piano line. <laughs> that little chromatic. It almost sounds like a celesta or something. But it's magical. It's it's a cool moment from this obscure track. And it's a slow track. Mm-hmm. It's really slow. Well, I love because he takes that kind of slow classic soul song and he puts the most like bedeviling drum rhythm on top of it. Huh. Like, every time I hear this, I think it's just a kind of standard 4-4 pattern, but there's something about where he's putting the accents of the snare and the hi-hats that every time I'm listening to it, I'm like, what is happening? I cannot count what's happening. It's weird, right? It's really weird. We need a music theorist <laughs> to come break this down for us because I think it is just a 4-4 groove, but there's something about that sample and the drum accents that just, like, break my brain. Someone's going to know the answer. They're going to correct us. And I can, and I look forward to it. Yeah. In the meantime, let's just acknowledge it's a tricky beat Yeah. that I think would be hard for us to rap over. I'm not rapping over anything, but particularly, yeah. And yet Cole comes up with another verbose set of lyrics here, and I think you're going to get some of those internal rhymes that you wanted from the first yeah. track. Woohoo! To the left of that decimal, I need seven figures to play the joint. Turn up your decibels, peepie decimator joint. Take on my projects like the workers that section eight of points, and you'll see how I flip like exclamation points. My niggas shoot first. Wow. Decimal, decibel, decimate, section eight. This is like kind of that overlapping wordplay and rhyme that I, I I heard you craving, and now you're hopefully you're satisfied. Yeah, but also over an extremely potent lyric. It's like, good job, you got some good rhymes, but what he's communicating is also extremely powerful. Totally, and that's I think a great pivot to the next song that I I want to talk about, which is called interlude and digs into some heavier themes in in this particular song he's talking about the fragility of black life and he makes some powerful references he talks about jesus christ dying at 33 and then compares him to late rappers like pimp c and nipsey hustle hmm. and you get this potent feeling of 
of of loss that has this almost religious overtone. Once this niggas getting murdered every week, dead bodies smell the odor in the street. My homie, homie got out on parole. He's on my Coca Cola in the soda industry. Summertime, bring the coldest winter breeze. Hella blues like the roller sixties. Christ went to heaven, age thirty three, and so did Pimpsy and so did Nipsey. I told you. I told you. Wow, that is a moment the way that the music follows up from that lyric it's almost like you're ascending into a gospel heaven mm. kind of vibe yeah i totally agree and i don't know about you but when i heard this i was like what is that sample like you know what obscure 70s record is this and what is it commenting on and i've learned that this is actually an original track by the producers Tommy Parker and T-Minus. Wow, they are adept. This is a cool thing because it sounds like something really old, but in order to do that, I guess they're just making their own track and then resampling it and playing with it so that it's giving you the feel of a sampled soul track. But no, it's actually totally new. And I think part of the reason this track interlude hits so hard is that we have these powerful lyrics. We have this kind of soul sample that's not really a sample. And then we have this utterly modern element, which are the trap hi-hats. <laughs> yeah. Came a long way, man. We just came a long way. But when you listen closely, they're actually not your typical trap hats. They're doing something a little different that might be more aligned with the depth of this song. Hmm. They're doing a rhythm that you don't really hear in trap music that actually has a name and a history. It's called the shuffle groove, the 12 8 shuffle. We sitting on top of this shit. This shit can go one or two ways. This shit can go up. It can go down. Yeah. When I first heard this, I was stunned because trap style drums have become the dominant sound of popular music, even beyond hip hop. Uh. And it's so rare that I hear that kind of a sound and hear something that sounds totally singular while simultaneously taking me through a whole history of popular music at the same time. It left me with a burning question, something we need to address on this show. What's that? Why is that shuffle groove so powerful? Why can't we stop listening to that after? It's been with us since like the beginning of music history. It, it's, <laughs> it shows up in every single genre. Yeah. Can we take a quick break, and when we come back, try and get to the bottom of this 12-8 shuffle? Let's do it. I want to know why it makes us move the way it does. Calling all female runners, it's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. 
Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. We were just listening to Jay Cole's interlude. We were kind of floored by yeah. its combination of modern trap drums with a classic 12-8 shuffle groove. And it raised this question that I feel like we are overdue to address. What's up? It's why is this particular groove so infectious? Why can't we get enough of it? And it's something that listeners have been asking us for a long time. In fact, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that a listener wrote us back in 2018 mm. asking us to to tackle this topic. We get through our email eventually. <laughs> and I'm happy to say today is the day. Ellis, take it away. Hi, Switch Drum Pop. I'm Ellis, a longtime listener from the Isle of Wight in the United Kingdom. And one thing some of my favorite songs all have in common is the feeling that the rhythm of a 12-8 time signature creates. For example, Adam Lambert's very underrated Another Lonely Night feels rather yearning. Another Kylie Rae Jepsen's now iconic Run Away With Me feels very romantic. And Disclosure's huge American airplay hit Latch feels very escapist. They all feel so anthemic. But why? I think I understand that a 12-8 time signature is a compound quadruple, giving the feeling of a triple meter within a duple meter. So you have a one, two, three, four count, and within each of those number counts, you have a triple, resulting in a one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three count. But is there anything you two can explain as to why 12-8 just gives off such a groove, or why all of these songs are really good to power walk to? Okay, first of all, I've said it before, but once again, our listeners are brilliant, so smart. I can only assume incredibly attractive and just extremely accomplished. I, I mean, good people, you know, just like good, 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 decent folk. Um, and now that we've got that out of the way, let's dig into this 12-8 groove. I mean, Ellis, he nailed it. Yeah. I mean, you could put that in a freaking textbook. That was such a crystalline explanation. Each one of these songs, Adam Lambert, Carly Rae Jepsen, Disclosure, J. Cole's Interlude, mm -hmm. they all share something in common, and it's this groove of four pulses, one, two, three, four, 
each one of which is divided into a triplet. One, two, three, two, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, two, two, three, three, two, three, four, two, three. Wow, I've got you run away with me. Like it's all. It's strutting music. It's strutting music. Okay. So let's let's see if we can do this. Why? <laughs> Why is this group so powerful? <laughs> Charles, I consulted the the mighty, you know, music theory textbooks of our college days. They probably don't have a lot to say to that. They ha- they got nothing, man. This is like this this topic has not been covered as as far as I can tell. Maybe that's because 12/8 is not super common in like western classical music. Hmm. It's definitely more of a popular music kind of groove. But, okay, so we can't look at the classics for no, our answer. No, okay. No. I, I think we have to look into our hearts, Charlie. <laughs> it's Do I have some kind of arrhythmia? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Beating in groups of three? It's I think part of why we gravitate towards this 12A groove is that it's very similar to the most common meter that we encounter in popular music, which is 4-4. Right. Like that if you turn on the radio, you have a 99% chance of hearing a 4-4 song. Right. Four beats, one, two, three, four, each divided into groups of two. One and two and three and four and. Mm-hmm. 12-8 has that same four-beat pulse, but each of the pulses is divided into three. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Right, yeah, yeah. So it's like the pulse matches up the four-beat pulse, but what's mm. inside of it is different. Right. Gives us a little bit of something fresh. What is it? It's like a it's a propulsion or something. It's like this pushing you forward. It's like a gear being cranked inside of your butt or something. <laughs> I I I I don't know. I don't know. I'm it, I, we don't. We might not have the science to to truly explain this. I think you might have a complete misunderstanding of anatomy, but yeah, continue. <laughs> okay, I feel like we've perhaps let Ellis somewhat down. I don't. I don't have a scientific, biological, theoretical explanation of why this groove is so powerful. But maybe what we can answer is where did this groove come from? Ooh, I have no idea. I'm very curious. And so he won't go home empty-handed. Okay, yeah, back yeah. to the Isle of Wight. <laughs> Not that this is easy to answer. You know, the origin of rhythms are kind of shrouded in in mystery and historic distance. I actually found a quote from Quincy Jones, who surmised that the 12-8 shuffle could be traced back to West African musical practice, okay. which contains a lot of polyrhythm, which yes. is kind of a motivating, animating feature of that rhythm. Right. Makes sense. And it's indisputable that it has origins in... The blues. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you can hear in a song like from one of my favorite New Orleans pianists, James Booker. Feel so bad. One, two, three, two, two, three, three, two, three, four, two, three. You know I feel so bad right now. Do you notice that there's maybe even like a trap hat precursor <laughs> here where the hi-hat's going like... Oh, my God. Bring this back to the J. Cole. Whoa, I love that, Charles. Totally, totally hearing it. Not expecting it, but I'm totally hearing it. It makes sense because the, the, the rhythm here is, is very slow, and uh-huh. so there's a lot of room to fill in extra stuff. Totally. I think, oh, okay, very good, Chuck. Yeah, there's it gives it a kind of spaciousness... 
when you have you have like these different temporal planes. You have the slow four pulse, one, two, three, four, and then these quick triplets within it. And then you can kind of put accents in weird places within that, like they're doing on this groove, which then bring us right up to contemporary trap beats. That's cool. I like that. But identifying the roots of the sound in the blues, I, I don't think ultimately explains how it's become so popular and ubiquitous in mainstream music. No. But I have a theory. And this may be a bold claim, but I might go so far as, as to suggest that one person might be responsible for proliferating the 12-8 shuffle. Stop it. That's bold. It's bold, but I am going to put all my money on Bernard Pretty Purdy. Oh, yes. This is my favorite drummer of all time. Ah! <laughs> so you're familiar with Pretty. Perhaps yeah. some of our listeners are as well. For those who are not, this is someone who has played on over 4,000 recordings who has been active from the 1960s to the present and has worked with everyone from Hall & Oates to Aretha Franklin, Nina Simone to Steely Dan. I mean, if you've been <sighs> in the vicinity of a pair of speakers over the last 50 years, <laughs> you've heard Bernard Pretty Purdy. One cannot dispute this claim. Now, Pretty is an immensely talented drummer. Yes. But I think he's particularly known for a groove that has become shorthand. It's the Purdy Shuffle. The Purdy Shuffle. And you can hear it on, like, so many different songs. You can hear this iconic groove on any number of records, but let's maybe listen to Steely Dan's Home at Last. That's got kind of a blues thing, a Uh little bit of a reggae thing. Uh This is a really slow version. Right. I believe we would call this particular variant the halftime Pretty Shuffle. Ah, yes. Yeah. Very slow. Okay. So if you buy my theory that Pretty Purdy is single-handedly responsible for bringing the 12-8 shuffle to the sound of mainstream popular music, we should probably hear a little bit about this groove direct from the source. Thankfully... There is one of the greatest YouTube videos of all time, which is Pretty Purdy breaking down how he constructs this groove. And I'm going to explain to you by playing it all. What I love about this video is not only is... Pretty Purdy, an amazing drummer. He's, like, such a compelling personality. Such an and entertainer. You got, even if you're never going to play drums in your life, you got to watch this video from Drummer World. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. This Purdy shuffle, not only do we hear it on the tracks that he plays on, it also gets picked up by, like, every drummer on earth, pretty <laughs> much. I mean, you can hear it uh, in a song by Toto, like Rosanna. Or even Led Zeppelin on Fool in the Rain. 
That, I mean, that's great. This is cool. So you have this thing originating probably in West Africa going into the blues. Mm -hmm. Purdy popularizes his particular take on it. Yeah. And then those in the rest of popular music are just like, that's the thing. And here we are today. Right. And I mean, I'm not saying that every time we hear a 12-8 groove, it's the Purdy shuffle. No, no, even no. the Purdy halftime shuffle. Yeah, yeah. But... It's like he took that groove and I think just propelled it into the mainstream consciousness so mm. that when you listen to Yeezus and you turn on Black Skinhead, there's that 12-8 groove once again. And even Billie Eilish on Bury a Friend, once again, the 12-8 shuffle. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? And finally, that brings us back to J. Cole and Interlude, where now this 12-8 groove has kind of come full circle and it's merged with the sound of modern trap drumming. Yeah. I be coming in peace, but fuck me. Best beware the others is shit deep on the covers creep. The southern heat make them bearable summer just last week. Send your mama weep. Crying cause she don't wanna bury your brother the blood leaks while the EMTs gotta carry her baby like surrogate mothers. Whoa. So Charlie Ellis from J. Cole to all these artists, like let's celebrate this 12A group. And let's also celebrate the person who might be its creator, Bernard Pretty Purdy, who is still laying down this groove. In 2020, he joined forces with the group Wolfpack to cover the Beatles' iconic song, Something. And what groove did they use? They tore it all apart and used the Purdy Shuffle. A 12-8 Bernard Pretty Purdy Shuffle. Switched on Pop is produced by Nate Sloan and me, Charlie Harding. We're edited by Joey Myers. We're engineered this week by Ben Montoya. Social media by Abby Barr and illustrations by Iris Gottlieb. Our executive producers are Nishat Kurwa and Hannah Rosen. We're a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network and a production of Vulture. Find more episodes of the show on Spotify, the Apple Podcast app, pretty much anywhere else you get podcasts. We're there. We come out every Tuesday with piping hot, fresh, new musical analysis for you uh go to the show notes to read more about j cole and the pretty shuffle and reach out to us on uh the old twitter instagram at switch on pop tell us what are your favorite songs off the off season and your favorite songs to feature this iconic shuffle groove we'll be back next week on tuesday and until then thanks for thanks listening. for listening